Welcome to the number one podcast covering Michigan State basketball. The Final Four is not in the schedule. Join Rod and me, Eric, as we dive deep into the Spartans to get you prepared for every game. Subscribe today for in-depth recruiting updates and fantastic interviews with today's important college basketball personalities like Robbie Hummel. Thanks for having me. I, uh, I have listened to your guys' podcasts numerous times on drives throughout any Midwestern Big Ten city, so I, I am big fans of your guys' work. Jay Billis. And next time, hey, if anybody in Michigan wants a December tea time, call me. You wimps won't show up, but I'll I'll be there. I'll be there and play in the cold. And Izzo will be in front of the fire with hot chocolate. Coaches Thomas Kelly. Oh, no problem. Glad to be back, man. Glad to be back. Mike Garland. You just can't sit there and trade twos for threes. You can't do it. You're gonna lose. Coming down the stretch, you're gonna lose. And more. You won't find better coverage of Spartan Hoops than you will get here. For both the casual and hardcore fan, come along as we take you for a green and white ride. Hey everybody, it's Eric alongside Rod, here to talk about MSU's 86-55 victory over Georgia Southern at the Breslin. It was the last tune-up before our abbreviated Big Ten schedule starts on December 5th against Wisconsin. Also, as a reminder, December 1st at 7 p.m. is a deadline for the Beat Rod contest. Email your predictions to me at eric, E-R-I-C, at tffinots.com with 1-14 through 14 final standings of the Big Ten, your name, and how many points MSU scores against Michigan this season as a tiebreaker. And don't forget, they play twice. The prize includes a gift card for Nudge Printing and the opportunity to come on a future show if you'd like. Finally, a special thanks to Kenneth Kramer, who made a one-time gift to the show via PayPal. And thanks to all of you who support the show and help keep the lights on on Patreon and Substack. For ways to support the show, head on over to tffinots.com support to get links. All right, Rod, let's talk about the game against the Eagles of Georgia Southern. Most importantly, I was able to eat my ice cream sandwich without any stress. So that was the key. Uh, the big news from the game, I think, was the fact that A.J. Hogard had to come off the bench. Trey Holloman started in his place for his second start. Madi also started again in place of Cooper, although I think we both feel that that doesn't seem to make too much of a difference, certainly by minutes comparison. Uh, although the first two possessions looked okay for Michigan State, they didn't get stops and then sort of meandered for a few possessions before pulling away quite easily and heading into the break up 27 after only allowing... 11 points to Georgia Southern in the first half. Yeah. The second half, I felt, generally lacked any fire for Michigan State. They only outscored the Eagles by four, giving up – they outscored them 48 to 44. In fact, they gave up 12 points in the first two and a half minutes of the, of the half, which was more than, they, than Georgia Southern had scored in the first half. So it was kind of an uninspiring second half and sleepy end to the game. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, there, there definitely were some good, some good elements here and then there were some that – you don't love the the first thing that I think was really positive was the way they defended in the first half. Now, yes, when you hold somebody to eleven points, they're almost certainly contributing to that. <laughs> yeah, but I did think Michigan State was really good defensively in that first half as well. Um, I would also say you don't hold somebody to eleven points, no matter who it is, just by luck, you're playing some good defense too. Sure. And then the second half, I think, as as you said, it came right out of the break and it was poor defense. It really was. They just some bad closeouts or non closeouts. Um guys didn't do a good enough job containing uh Georgia Southern off the dribble, blah, blah, blah. So that was disappointing. I think so I think first half defense was something uh, to be a, a positive for sure. I think rebounding 
was a real positive. Now, you know, you look at it and say, well, you should <laughs> out rebound a team like Georgia Southern. It's not all that big. You know, they they came into the game 0 and 6, et cetera, et cetera. But um, you still have to do it. And Michigan State, you know, 16 offensive rebounds, which was a well over a 50% offensive rebounding rate. So that's that's outstanding. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> that's really good. And then on the other end, um, a sub 20% rate mm-hmm. for uh, for Georgia Southern. Five offensive rebounds and 33 missed shots. So um, I've subbed 15% actually. So uh, you got to be happy with the rebounding effort. And then I think there were some individual players who did some positive things. I think Jaden Akins played a good game. Um, I think Malik Hall continues to play well. I thought Trey Holloman was really good in that first career start. Um, I think AJ had some moments, both directions. <laughs> yep. And then, uh, and then I think Jeremy Fears was once again really good. So, um, a few guys had some some positives. Some others maybe not as much. wasn't a particularly uh, awe inspiring game from Tyson, but uh, he still apparently. He really was sick. Yeah, he lost I, a lot of weight. <laughs> I didn't buy that. Yeah, that's what they're claiming. And I didn't buy it, but uh, apparently there's some truth to it. So um, he was kind of, you know, just existing. I mean, he had some he had some of those those moves at the rim that we've, we've come to see him going to with increasing uh, frequency this year where he just uses his body to kind of slither through small small spaces and finish. And he had a couple of those and, you know, he hit one three very early on, but it was just kind of a, he was just kind of existing by his standards. Yeah. So, um, but overall, you know, Izzo had a lot to complain about, which is probably what he wants out of a game like this. And yet they went by whatever it was, 31 and were, um, were, uh, were never really challenged. Um, and and then he, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this a little later. You know, he comes out of this game with, as you mentioned, Wisconsin next up on the uh, on the schedule, and he's already talking about what the rota- what changes are going to be in the rotation. Yeah. So we can we can talk about that, but this is probably the last game where we'll see this the, the extent the extent State. of players you mean in the rotation yeah. playing significant yep. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've. I think you know one of the interesting things too is Jeremy Fears, and I was watching it. He ended up with ten rebounds for the point yeah. guard, right? And he didn't score much. He had six points. Yep. He was two or two from the field and a couple free throws. Uh, but they're yeah. all defensive rebounds, and uh, also you know you Aikens had six, and uh, I thought that was really important because that's the one thing we talk about, especially because we always have this problem when we play these smaller teams that we we note that. They really struggle because they're taking long threes. They're spaced yeah. out wide. They're small, so they're all kind of on the perimeter. And right. the rebounds kind of go, they, they're they long long rebounds. And so you have to have someone scooping those up. And that has been a problem in the past at, some, at times for Michigan State. And it was not a problem this game. You, I mean, you point out they have five offensive rebounds out of you know as many misses as they had. Largely, and, and Jeremy Fierce had a ton to do with that because, as you said, he had 10 rebounds. All of them were defensive. Yeah. So he was... He was very definitely cleaning a lot of that stuff up. 
I just, I really continue to be impressed by him. I mean, he hasn't yet had that, you know, 20-point game. I don't know if we'll see that this year from him because it's kind of not his role yeah. um, on this team. But he just, he is so ready to play at this level at both ends. He runs the offense efficiently, doesn't make a ton of mistakes. Defensively, he gets up into people. We've seen the rebounding. He's starting, even though I, I just said I don't think we'll necessarily see a 20-point night from him this year, he is showing himself more and more consistently to be an offensive threat, which is a great thing because that's going to make him uh, better able to create for teammates because teams, opponents are not going to be able to just disregard him. They're going to have to guard him. They're going to have to focus on him. And he's just the other thing that's just so great to see with him is the maturity in his game. It would be very easy for Jeremy to fall into, you know, jacking the occasional open three. And he turns, he turns some down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because right now I don't think he feels like he's as consistent with the jumper as he'd like to be. So he'll turn those shots down, but it's not in a way that's bogging things down because he'll then usually look in those situations either find somebody else or get himself in the lane. And I think that's where he's increasingly showing more confidence and being more and more effective. Getting in the lane, taking shots that he can make, and finding others. It's its really, really great to see. Yeah, and I, I like the the transition from Trey Hallman, because I feel like he's sort of like Trey Hallman was last year, in that, in that he understands his role, what he's expected to do to play within himself and within the, the structure of the offense and to do, you know, what you're supposed yeah. to do. Like Trey Hallman didn't do more than what he could do last year. He was never asked to shoot. He didn't shoot. He just was, as you mentioned, he was sort of a placeholder to get to get you through the time until it was time to, for AJ to come back in or Tyson. But, but I mean, obviously Jeremy can do more. And so he's doing more as a right. freshman, but, but I mean, he does, but like That's you said, it. he is contained within sort of who he is just like I think Trey was yes. last year. And I mean, let's talk about Trey's performance because uh, this is his second start. He started the Alcorn State game, and he obviously started this game. And what was different about this game is last game he sort of started as the the two, right? He in place of Tyson Walker. Yeah. This game he starts, it replaces AJ Hogard. And not only was did he replace AJ Hogard, but Hogard was a third point guard off the bench. I mean, it's obviously a message to AJ. But uh, Trey had ten assists, yeah. two two turnovers. Uh, seemed to facilitate to get the ball around. He had one of his three three attempts, which actually you know pretty good percentage for the team so far uh he's he's looking pretty comfortable I don't feel like the offense is quite the same with him out there versus AJ because he can't do the same things but it's much more functional than it was last year I think with him on the floor absolutely and you know the thing is he's gonna play different different roles for this team you know it's not unlike last year it's not all on ball so you know, you mentioned the Alcorn State game. He started off the ball because Tyson Walker was out, right? Mm -hmm. um, and with the way he shot in the early going, for now at least, you feel okay about that. I just, I think the biggest, the biggest difference with Trey is something we talked about during the off season that had to happen with him, and we even talked about it during last season. And, and that is, he needed to get to a point where he had enough confidence offensively to make himself a threat. Yeah. And he is very definitely there. And that makes all the difference because, you know, I felt last year watching him like, hey, his shot looks good. 
they're not all going to go in, but the shot looks good. He's got to take them. I, I felt like he had the ability to do some stuff in the mid-range or get to the rim, and he's showing that. Uh, he's doing a really nice job defensively and, you know, 10 assists to two turnovers. That's that's really impressive stuff. I thought in this game he was really good pushing tempo, and Michigan State had, they only had 16 fast break points, but I, I feel like this was a game where MSU was really looking to push the basketball, and Trey, I thought, was very good in that area. So, yeah, really, really solid, solid game from him. And you wonder if this is going to continue because based on based on that game, I don't see an argument to change it. Not yet. Right. I mean, he was one three that just kind of popped out from having a double double. Uh, yeah. Which, I mean, since yeah. He was he was solid. I, and it almost, it, it look, it's, you know, at the five spot, you've got Madi and Cooper who are pretty complimentary. I mean, they bring a little bit different things to the game when they play. I think, you know, Madi's a little bit better uh, in certain aspects and Cooper the other. Uh, they both, you know, although they didn't get a lot of rebounds, I would say in that game, you know, watching the stands, that they were the ones allowing Jeremy Fears to get all those rebounds because they were blocking out their guy. And, yes. they, and so Jeremy just got Absolutely. scooped up. And so Absolutely. they didn't get credit for the rebounds, although they were, it's sort of like when you're, do a, what a, a screen for to allow the guy come in and, and get a layup, right? You're just screening yep. out the defenders so yep. you can get the layup. It was sort of like that. It's sort of like I felt like uh, they're so they both did a great job uh, on the boards in that respect, even though they didn't get credit for those rebounds. Yeah. Uh, you know, I guess the, the the question then is, what I mean, what is uh, what is the role for AJ coming? Is he going to be? Do you think he's going to be okay coming off the bench? He seemed okay. I mean, he didn't seem any different, but I'm sure it's got to bother him. Yeah, but you know, play play better, right? <laughs> well, sure. I mean, I mean, sure. But seriously, yeah. play better. If you're if you're bothered by it, well, play better. And I thought there were, you know, just as just as there were in the Arizona game, there were some positives in terms of what he did, and you know, then some less great moments. I mentioned. Second half, I did not think his defensive focus was very good. You know, right. now the whole team. offensively, <laughs> yeah, but he was he was a particularly egregious offender, and he got yanked because of it at one point. Um, you know, offensively, I thought he did a better job playing within himself. He didn't jack any threes. He was four for six from the floor, four for five at the line in a night where. MSU really struggled at the line again. Malik Hall, five for ten, yeah. was terrible. Um, you know, it was okay. As I say, I don't do. Does anybody think he was better than Trey in that game? I I don't. So and and then you have Jeremy Fierce playing well too. So I'm not saying he's going to be the third point guard going forward, but for right now, AJ's got to earn his way back into that role because. We're, we're seven games into this season now. This isn't just one game. Yeah, This is a series of games, even that one, where, yes, he did some positive things, but there were enough negatives that are of the unacceptable variety that I think you stay with this for a while. I mean, look, we've said many times, if this team wants to achieve its potential, A.J. Hogard has got to be a huge part of that. I still believe that. That hasn't changed. But he's got to get there. I mean, and, and this is 
This is tried and true stuff for Tom Izzo, man. You, freshman, sophomore, junior, or senior, um, playing time is earned, and playing time is used as a teaching method. Yeah. And to hold people accountable. And so if you are not doing the things that you need to do, and AJ has not consistently done those, then your playing time is going to suffer. I mean, he still played 22 minutes, but, um, you know, it was a balanced... You look at it, Holloman played played 21, Hogarth played 22, Tyson played 25, Jaden played 22, Fierce played 18. So pretty balanced among those five guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was partly a competition too, I suppose. You know, you, against Wisconsin, yes, the number absolutely. of distributions probably going to be different too and maybe situational. Absolutely. I expect it. I expect it to be, although, although... Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it'll be that different among those guys. I I would think I would think Tyson will play more, and Aikens probably too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Beyond that, that's up for grabs among the other three. Yeah, in my opinion. Well, let's talk about a negative thing. And so I think you know we're as you mentioned we're seven games into the season at this point. I, I mean, the three point shooting is just what it is now at this point. I that uh, yeah. they're struggling and. I think, you know, we're not surprised by some of the struggles from some players like, you know, AJ is not shooting well. Uh, Booker is, you know, he's one for three this game. That was the second three of the season. He's like two for, I don't know, 14 or something like that. Uh, but yeah, but uh, Tyson and Jaden, you got to figure they're going to come around and start hitting those more. And and so there's a lot of talk on is this obviously Joey Hauser, who was really good, was 46 percent or so last year. Uh, he's not there, mm-hmm. and Malik is now in his place, and Malik is not as good, but and he doesn't certainly take the volume in uh, his shot. He, I think, I don't think he needs more room. Uh, is it is it a spacing issue? Is it a uh, is it because I mean we're dealing generally with the same players? I don't think right? so. I mean, is it just they're just not dropping? Or are they going right. to? What do you think the problem yes. is? Yes, they're not dropping. I mean, <laughs> just that's Tyson yeah. Walker and well, seriously, listen to what Izzo says. Tyson Walker and Jade Makins were plus forty percent shooters. From three last year, does it feel like most of their threes are under duress? No, I mean, no, doesn't it? Doesn't to me. yeah, I agree. Right, um, they're down. AJ Hogard, who really made strides last year, has has gone backward yeah, hard. Right. Um, Fears did not come in with a reputation as a shooter, and he doesn't take a lot of them. He's smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only pot, you know, Malik Hall, I think, has been okay yep um you know he was 0 for one in this game he's I, I like the way Malik's playing overall but he's not the, the only guy you could say is an upside guy at this point is Trey Holloman and where would they be without him in terms of shooting percentage from three I mean a bad situation would be crazy bad yeah 20 percent if probably. he was shooting the way he did last year so yeah, I mean, look, the the good news here and the thing that I think gets lost a little bit in these conversations, if you remember, we would talk a lot last year about how it, it seemed to make sense for Michigan State to try to generate more threes mm-hmm. because they shot so well and their attempt numbers are rarely big. I mean, there have been a handful of exceptions. The Denzel Valentine, Bryn Forbes team, that team took a lot of threes. 
there's been a handful of exceptions. But for the most part, Tom Izzo's teams generally shoot the three reasonably well, but they don't take crazy numbers of them. Mm -hmm. And that's the case this year, too. So, yes, you could say, well, they're really struggling. That's a negative. I, I hear that. But it's not it's not the I, I don't think it's necessarily as large a problem as some would make it out to be. Does it need to get better? Yes. But I think I think one thing that's absolutely true is this team is the best they've had in several years. Maybe God, I'd have to I'd have to really strain to think we probably have to go back to a team Kalen Lucas played on. Um, in terms of guards attacking the rim. I mean, this team, Tyson has really brought that element to his game this year. He's had to because his scoring numbers are great, but he hasn't been great from three. So he's getting those points somehow, right? Yeah. And a lot of it is getting to the rim. Mm -hmm. We just talked about Jeremy Fears. I think AJ, even with his struggles, has given them some of that. He can give them a lot more. I think Trey gives them some, and then obviously... Jaden Akins gives them some, although a lot of Jaden's baskets around the rim are on have been on offensive rebounds. Um, so they're finding, you know, Malik Hall is giving them a not dominant post play, but better post play, I think, than they've than they had at any point last year. For sure. Yeah. They didn't have anybody who was as reliable as he's been early on, right? So um there are positives, but I, I don't think the three shooting is the death. I will say this. The bigger deal to me right now, the thing that absolutely has to find a, a level of consistency is free throw yeah, shooting. Yeah, that was where I was going to go next. Because if, if, you're, if you're doing the things I just said that they're doing, you're looking to get to the basket a lot more. Malik is posting up. Jackson Kohler's coming back. He will bring some of that. You're gonna, they, they've done a pretty good job, a better job than we're used to seeing from Michigan State of getting to the free throw line. They had 30 attempts in this game. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot for a Tom Izzo team. But their shooting has been very inconsistent. And I would say I haven't even looked at what the I would be looking at it right now. They're 67% for the season. Yeah, that's that's unacceptable. Yeah. You've you've got to be on the plus side of 70. That's a bare minimum. And I want to say last year they were something like 76. Yeah, probably around there. Percent. They were really good. Yeah. Um, so that's a significant thing that needs to change. And the thing is, it's not like it's, well, Carson Cooper is shooting six free throws a game. That's why it's a problem. No. Tyson Walker is way under what he's yeah, been he's for 60%. his career. Malik, Malik Hall has been struggling. He was five for 10 in this yeah. game. I mean, these are guys that have spent uh, multiple years knocking down free throws, and it just isn't happening. So that, to me, I'm not I'm not trying to dismiss the three thing that matters, but I still think there's reason to believe that, especially with Tyden and Tyson and Jaden, they're going to get on a roll at some point and find a consistent level of production from three. The free throw shooting, though, that that's where I'm a little more concerned. They got to turn that around. Well, and we always talk about the fact that they are in some ways re uh, reflective of each other, right? The three-point shooting, the free throws. Like if a team shoots free throws yes. really well, or or if they shoot the three really well, you expect the, th the free throw shooting to be pretty decent too. Absolutely. Well, to put a finer point on it, normally, so A.J. Hogarth's a good example of this. Normally, you will see a guy who struggled shooting the ball 
figure it out from the line first. Mm -hmm. And when they do that, not always, but very often, that means there's something to unlock as a jump shooter as well. And AJ was like, in, I think he was around 80% from the line last year. So yeah. the fact that he was just right around 33% from three, it made sense. Sure. Like, okay, this guy's making strides. And this year, both both of those numbers have gone backward. Yeah. He's not as bad as, he's not as, uh, he's only 78%, which is pretty good for the team right now. I mean, the best. Wow. That's better. That's actually better than I thought. I must just be remembering some big free yeah. throws. He's 21 for 27. Some of the losses. Yeah. And, and uh, that's not bad. No, it's yeah, not. you're right. And, for and this Madi, team, it's great. Madi, of course, 12 for 13. He's 92 and a, 92%. He's been, you want to talk about one guy who is just like Trey Holloman from three, the one pleasant surprise, Madi Sissoko, has been that on the free throw line. I also think that, I mean, his percentage, I'm sure, is still not great, but um, and he was one for two in this game, but I think Carson Cooper has shown signs of getting better there as well. Yeah, he's, he's I think, dragged down by the fact he was terrible the first couple of games. He's 12 for 20 at 60%, but he looks better now. Yeah, he looks better, exactly. And I would guess over the past four or five games, he's probably closer to like 70%. Probably so. And but, but surprising is Tyson Walker has been really bad. 17 for 28. He's at 60, yeah. 60.7%. I mean, that's shocking. Yeah, you can't you can't have that. He's, he's an 80% guy. Yeah, he should be. Yeah. And I think a little bit of his, you know, I mentioned at the end of that Arizona game, I told you, I, he just looked tired to me. He just looked like he kind of had dead legs. Yeah. Maybe he did. Yeah. Maybe, you know, you were right. maybe he's had you some were problems. Right. I I still felt like they needed to go to him, but I think in retrospect, I think you had that absolutely right because Izzo talked about it, and it was he felt it still carried over into this game. Um, so we'll hope that by the time Wisconsin rolls around, he's feeling more like himself because they need it. Yeah, they got a week. He's got a week to put the weight back on. All right, well let's yeah. uh, let's move along in the show here and talk about <clears throat> the brothers just you gutters. Uh, they sponsor the player that needs to be kept in the gutter. And the Brothers Suggest You Gutters are, you know, as you know, they've been a longtime sponsor of the, the show. Uh, they are uh, awesome sponsors. Barb reached out and actually sent a letter to us uh, saying uh, a big thank you for your for the connection to Brothers Suggest You Gutters. I live in Grand Rapids where water issues reign supreme. The brothers put new gutters up in my garage and did an awesome job. So thanks, Barb. Uh, we're glad we could connect you. A great service to some great Spartans. Uh, so if you need help with any aspect of your gutters, don't hesitate to reach out to Kurt out in Grand Rapids and his team or Greg and his team in the Metro Detroit area. They've got a lot of the state covered. Contact info for the, in the episode description of your podcast player or the website, tffinots.com. As you know, water's super pro big problem. It's a blessing and a curse in the state of Michigan, especially with all those leaves. And so they can clean things out. They can repair it or replace your gutters. And so the player that needed to be kept in the gutter by Michigan State was Deuce Dean. And they did overall did a pretty good job on him. He had a decent game. I mean, he wasn't, he was, I guess, for a team that struggles, he was maybe struggled a little bit less than some of the other players, but he was 5'11 from the field, two for three from three. He got those, I think, in the second half. Uh, had a free throw, rebound, Ow. 12 points, uh, two assists to, to a turnover and a steal. He was, uh, they did a pretty good job of containing him most of the game. And I think he got a loose really late once it was sort of like the mop up duty more than anything. But I, I agree with that. And, and look, even so, he was still five, held five points below his seasonal average. Yeah. So I, I would say, this wasn't quite as dramatic as some of these situations this year where MSU really locked up a focal point player, but it was 
I, I would still put it in that category. Anytime you hold a guy five points below his scoring average, you've done a pretty decent job. And it was generally a team that it was a little bit of a struggle to know who might be the player you need to focus on because scoring just kind of yeah. didn't come from anywhere, but sort of everywhere a little bit. And so that was uh, that was key. Yeah. Uh, so then move on to the five keys of the game brought to you by Nudge Printing. Nudge Printing, the uh, sponsor for our show. They do fantastic work, uh, Spartan Apparel and other collegiate apparel. If you need your stuff done, uh, if you need like a custom uh, apparel like we did with our robotics team at, my, at our high school, uh, they do a fantastic job. They make it so easy. I can't tell you how simple it was. They just opened an online store for two weeks. Everyone could order their stuff. They do all the payments. They do all the shipping. They do everything. And they even did the, they, Gabe and his team even did the design. They did a fantastic job. And then whatever the proceeds above it, if you want to do it as a fundraiser, it's just, uh, you know, they'll just send you, cut you a check later. So they do everything. It makes it super simple for things like that. So you can find all that at fabricatedcustoms.com. Uh, but nudge printing is where you can get all your other Spartan apparel. And they always use the same high quality screen printing, great shirts, very comfortable, breathable. I mean, it's great work. So go to nudge printing at nudgeprinting.com, 20% off your order. If you mention final four at the coupon code at checkout. So the first key to the game was play the game. And I thought largely Michigan State played the game. They didn't focus too much on, um, on Georgia side and they kind of worked on themselves. And so I thought they did a pretty good job there. They didn't get bogged down, you know, as they might've. <laughs> In the first half, I, I definitely would agree with that. I the second half, you know, you give up whatever it was, forty four points. Yeah, right. That's just that's yeah. It got it got really really loose, and so first half, yeah. Second key of the game rotation, and so yeah, well, we really got a dose of that. <laughs> we start out with Trey Holloman at the oh. at the point, and so I think probably as you to your point earlier, I think they probably learned some things about the team and about sort of where they might want to move for the rotation going forward. Well, here's what I think is coming. Now, I'm not sure. Has there been, have you seen anything on Jackson Cole? No, but he looked fine walking around the court at the game. He looked good, but I haven't heard. I'm not sure. I could see them maybe deciding they want to get through these two Big Ten games Yeah, and then bring him back. It feels like if they were going to bring him back, you'd be hearing more. But so here's the thing. Izzo post Georgia Southern has made it clear that the rotation's going to shift and the two guys who are kind of on the chopping block right now would be freshmen uh, Xavier Booker and Cohen Carr mm-hmm. now I do think Cohen Carr is going to play Yeah, I think the question is how much um, he's been and this is not a knock on Cohen you know it comes with the territory right he's been very up and down yeah. so he played very well against James Madison. I thought he was pretty good against Arizona, but then he was kind of non-existent against Georgia Southern. Yeah. And that's sort of been, you know, the, the way it's been for him. With Book, it's just clear that physically and in terms of his motor, he's not where he would need to be yet to make a serious impact. Now, my hope is that by saying... Yeah, he's probably not in the rotation right now. That doesn't mean that he doesn't get there later in the year. I'm still a believer in the idea that Cohen Carr and Xavier Booker in March are potential keys to to be guys who could elevate this team and their ceiling, right, yeah. to get them to a Final Four level. But that development can go on behind the scenes. It doesn't mean that you have to be playing. We've seen this many times where a freshman 
just kind of works on his game and gradually figures it out. Now, books got, you know, motor is a hard thing. It's a hard thing to teach. <laughs> I would say it's almost impossible to teach. But I think playing time is probably going to be about as good a teacher as you could ask for. So I think Ezzo's belief is when Kohler's back, it's probably a 10-man rotation, which means Book is on the outside looking in. Because Kohler will probably play the five and the four. Um, you know, that might mean, we'll have to see, it might mean that Carr is more exclusively the sixth perimeter player, which would mean his minutes are going to shrink a little bit. Um, but I think, I think those five guards, Malik and the two centers, um, those eight guys for sure are going to be the majority of your minutes. And then I think Jackson Kohler and, and Cohen Carr for now are going to be guys who sprinkle in a little bit, but probably, you know, might not even be double digit minutes guys. We'll have to see. So I think it's coming. Um, and it's coming starting with Wisconsin. It won't surprise me if we don't see Xavier Booker. You know, we didn't, if I remember correctly, Book didn't play against Duke, right? Uh, was it, so, yeah, it was either Duke or Arizona. I can't remember which. Yeah. They, it seems to be pretty telegraphed to me. Yeah. Well, we haven't seen Jackson play either. I mean, we saw him play in Moneyball. We saw no. his, you know, bodies change. And our expectation is, especially coming in, that he's got more post uh, offense that he can bring to the team. Also, he has some outside presence too, you know, with shooting outside the line too. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's why you can envision him playing the four a little bit and that team maybe expanding things a little bit. And, it's and hard it's to know what's going to happen, right? And I mean, I had a, I had a lot of doubts about him defensively coming into the season in terms of playing the four. My feeling was, Hey, how about he gets the five down first uh, before we start moving him to the four. <laughs> but, um, I think it's an open question. I think Jackson, certainly if he's healthy and he's kind of together, he's got some elements that could really help this team. They could use another consistent post threat. They certainly could use him being a guy who could stretch defenses a little bit if he's able to do that consistently. So there are some nice elements that he could bring, but we just don't know yet. And that's why I'm saying... It's he and Cohen are the two guys in that 10-man rotation that I figure, you know, they're going to get sprinkled in more than, hey, these guys are, you know, consistently 15 minutes a night. Right now, that's how it looks to me. Yeah, I think in some ways he could be like the Trey Holloman of the of the post players, right? Like Trey can play the, the on the ball or off ball. And maybe yeah. he might be a guy who can play in the post or outside, sort of depending on the situations and, right. and rotations and sort of how, you know, foul issues and things like that. So we'll see. But that's, like right. I said, that's a, an open question. And that's a question. It's very interesting that we're talking about Trey this way because, you know, coming into this season, he was kind of the forgotten guy. You know, <laughs> people were sort uh -huh. of thought, well, how's he even going to get in the court? Because he's going to be behind Jeremy Fears. But I think we didn't see the fact that he'd play off ball, that he'd be, his shooting would be improved and yep. those sorts of things. But it just goes to show you, you really don't know until you see the people on the floor and, and what's going to happen and how the, the right. season progresses. So the third key to the game was bury them. And I, you know, Michigan State definitely did this. They struggled kind of getting out of the gate to start. Yeah. Uh, but after, by like, I think the end or eight, uh, or under 12, I should say, it was pretty much a foregone conclusion how the game was going to end. And then they just, just destroyed them in that first half and 
and snuffed out any life they would have had. Yeah, and they got a lot of guys' minutes. So that was good. Again, as I say, you know, Booker played let's see what he got. Seventeen minutes, I think. Or did he, he played 12, twelve he played twelve minutes. Cohen Carr played Carson, seventeen. Yeah. Those guys might not see that many minutes for a while. Right. You know? So it was good that it, it they they put this one away and it meant they could they could do some different things. Yeah, and also allowed Izzo and Sanders to get some extended minutes. Izzo had a right. banked three that missed and then went into the lane and just got murdered. I think <laughs> trying to draw a foul and he just yeah. got destroyed. Yeah, uh, Poor kid. Yeah, but D- Davis Smith hit his first three of his career, so they got something out of the walk-ons. Yeah, and he hit both his free throws. I mean, he looked pretty good. I mean, heck, he's one of the best shooters in the team. He's <laughs> a 50% three-point shooter now. I think that, you know, Izzo mentioned... I'm trying to remember which game it was that he played somebody on the scout team. It was either Duke. I want to say it was Duke. Um, and Izzo really gave him a lot of credit for the job he did portraying this player. And I just can't remember who it was. Um, but he's a guy that there's, you know, knock on wood, there will never be a need for it. But I actually think... Davis Smith has progressed to the point that if you had to play him for five minutes in a in a foul situation or something, I think he could hang in there. He doesn't look uncomfortable. No, and he would make smart plays. Like I mean, I think he'd understand what right. he could do. he's right. he would be the boneheaded. I'm on the floor. I can't believe it. Yeah. Sort of play. Right. Yeah. Right. So the fourth key to the game was crisp play. Well, I guess you know there were. I would say it's probably. This may be a slight fail. I mean, there was a decent amount of turnovers, and I don't know. There's some things that just were, especially the second half. It just was. It wasn't crisp in the second half for sure. Yeah, fifteen turnovers is way too much. I will say, twenty-three assists on thirty-one made field goals is pretty good. Yeah. So that was there. The turnovers were way too high, um, and the second half defense was. Yeah, I would say this was a fail. At times, it was very good, but not consistent. And finally, defensive rebounding. Well, we already mentioned that before. Really good. Really good. Uh, And and I know, as you mentioned, you know they out rebounded forty six twenty six, and it's easy to say, well, it is you know Georgia Southern, but last year it didn't matter who Michigan State played, (laughs) they struggled defensive rebounding. And so, well, certainly offensive rebound they struggled, but defensively rebound, uh, not dominating teams like this has been a problem this year. It's been a problem this year. Last year, they were pretty good. This year, it's been a problem. But the offensive rebounding has ticked back up some. So there's still, it's a work in progress there. But, you know, I want, the only other thing I wanted to mention, because we didn't really talk about him very much, I think there's an argument this might have been Jaden Aiken's best game, offensively, certainly. Yeah. He had 14 points, which led the team, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But he's six for ten from the floor, only one for four from three. But I really liked the way you know. This is the first time this year that I felt like we saw the total package of what Jay Nakins could be offensively. Because multiple times he used his crossover dribble to create space for himself in the mid range, and then he nailed shots. Yeah, that is something. Tyson Walker can do it too. They've got two guys who have that capability, uh, but we have not seen it 
on a consistent basis from Jaden yet. So it was really nice to see. He also had six boards, five of them defensive. So nice effort there. He had a couple blocks, uh, steal. I thought he had a nice floor game overall. But the the offensive stuff, using his handle and his athleticism to create shots for himself and then cashing them in, I thought was really important. And they're going to need to see a lot more of that as this year goes on. Yeah, and I think that was reflected in the opening of the game where the his defensive intensity was really good. And I think, and you know, is that yeah. a reflection of him deciding he's going to, or is it sort of the Trey Holloman being in the starting lineup because he brings it every time? Uh, and I, you know, right. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's well, maybe we'll find out if it, if that's more consistent uh, defensive intensity yeah. start for the team because they definitely the guards. Uh, and a feed, I guess the rest of the team feeds on how the guards are guarding out and out on the perimeter. I feel like that's right. That seems that seems to kind of well because it makes everything else harder for even the people trying to get you know yep. ball in the post and things like that. So, and and I the only other thing I would like to say is Malik Hall. I'm kind of tired of people saying he's inconsistent. I don't know what people are talking about except I guess you could say his free throw shooting wasn't good this game, but. He seems like actually in some ways one of the most consistent players. He's always getting about 10, 11 points, you know, a bunch of boards. He's offensively rebounding. I agree. Uh, you know, I, I think it's a knock from before, but it, this is kind of the Malik we expected to see last year. Absolutely. You know, the first couple of games, he was, I thought, their best. We thought that he was best, the best player. And then he got hurt and he just never was the same really all the season, just kind of up and down. I think he's capable. He, he hasn't yet had a real breakout game offensively. Right where he goes for 20-plus. I think that will happen at some point or maybe multiple some points this year, hopefully. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, he's he's showing up and you know he's giving them a post element at times. He's rebounding the ball very well. I think he's been mostly pretty solid defensively. Um, there's not a, you know, the three-point shooting is... The one knock, but even that, what's he shooting? Do you have that handy? I, I do. I can get it in one second. Yeah, I mean, honestly, compared to most of the team, he's his three-point shooting is not bad. Uh, he is, uh, well, he is bad. He's 17%. <laughs> so he's three for 17. Yeah. That's so terrible. That's a, that's a problem. But um, other than that, you know, I think I think he's he's had the kind of season that you you would have wanted. And I said this. At the outset, now he's never going to be Joey Hauser as a shooter, even if he was, you know, back to his 40% type realm. He's just not going to have the volume that Joey had. And situationally, he's not going to be that kind of shooter. Um, but he has different strengths. He's a much better rebounder offensively. Yep. And he's more versatile defensively, and he's got a low post game. And we're seeing all of that stuff show up on a pretty consistent basis. So I'm with you. I think I think the inconsistency rap is maybe a little off the page right now. Yeah, because I, I don't think I don't recall a lot of games where Joey Hauser had five offensive rebounds. I mean maybe they maybe they no, happened, but I don't think they did. Never. Never he had lots of defensive he rebounds. He was a very good de- very good defensive rebounder. Very good defensive rebounder. But you just look. Joey lived on the perimeter, right? Yeah, right. So he wasn't going to be in position for starters to get a lot of offensive rebounds, but it just wasn't something that was a knack for him, whereas it is for Malik. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think that'll wrap it up. 
we're going to be back for the pregame for the Wisconsin game as Michigan State starts getting into the Big Ten season. This gives them an opportunity to get people healthy, especially Tyson and Jackson, too. So we'll maybe when we get closer to that game, we'll have an idea of how uh, whether we'll see Jackson on the court even for a few minutes or, you know, as you mentioned, maybe after the Big Ten, those first two Big Ten games. So until next time, the Final Four is on the schedule. Go Green. <laughs>